Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Puzzling Unlimited as it's Monday and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. Now, I like tonight's Raw, I will say that. But unlike some weeks where the show feels quick or it feels long, I don't know. Like, it didn't feel like a fast-paced show, but it didn't feel like a show that went super long yet. Maybe I, I'm on the other side of it felt a little long because I feel like that street fight was like a while ago like it felt like from the time that street fight ended to the time and maybe just because that street fight was early in the show from the time the street fight ended to the time that the show actually ended it just felt like a lot of almost nothing kind of happened like stuff happened that was seemed important but it's like they tried to and, and, and I want to get Luke's opinion on this. I feel like they tried to throw a lot of stuff at us at once that kind of got muddled and mixed up. And it's like the Gunther stuff. Where the hell is that going? We're getting a multi-man match, a ladder match. Like, they did a lot with Gunther. They're like, this guy wants to face Gunther. This guy wants to face Gunther. And then a lot of just like, oh, now they're going to have a Becky Live rivalry leading up to WrestleMania. And they threw a lot at us that kind of confused me as to, okay, what's the actual direction? So maybe that's why the show felt a little off to me. Like it was a good show. I enjoyed watching it, but something just felt off with all with the with the amount of stuff they tried to do on one show. But we've got Luke with us over here. Luke, what do you think of tonight's Monday Night Raw? Well, like I like you said, I mean, I thought it was a good Raw. I wouldn't say it was a great Raw. And yeah, I feel like the all the stuff they're doing right now is is I feel like they're just throwing too much at us at once. Like. Like be- like the whole Becky stuff, like, like yeah, Becky's gonna face Rhea at Mania, but like the stuff that she's gonna do like before Mania, like who's she gonna feud with, Nia or Liv? I mean, the- so, it's just that they're they're like throwing so much ass at once that for people to do like before Mania, it's starting to get a little confusing. Right. So they got the Nia match with Becky next week, and then they have whatever they're gonna do with Liv. Honestly, I have a feeling Liv interrupts that match next week, and there's no actual finish. I have a feeling Liv is probably going to interfere. You know what they could do with that? Which is? They could have Liv interfere with that, and they could set up a tag match, Becky and Rhea versus Nia and Liv. Oh, I would not want to see Becky and Rhea together. No, no, no. I mean, I wouldn't either, what, but... What is this, Sasha Bianca all over again? Ah, uh, I wouldn't want to see I that. Mean, I can see it happening. I I wouldn't want to see it. I see where you're coming from, and it does make sense. I just wouldn't want to see it is my thing. That's the whole, I don't want to see it. So we got, what, seven weeks till WrestleMania? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven weeks till WrestleMania. So a lot of time to build stuff up. We know of like 10 matches. Before, I'll read these off. I did a video today that talked about 10 potential matches for WrestleMania. We know Cody and Roman. We know Io and Bailey. We know Seth and Drew. We know Rhea and Lynch. Those four 100% confirmed announced. Then we also know, most likely, Logan Paul and Randy Orton, AJ Styles and LA Knight, Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso, and then the possible tag match, Rock and Roman versus Seth and, and Cody. Then as far as other matches that could happen, 
I was saying Gunther and, and Sami Zayn, but now I'm changing my mind to possibly Gunther and like five other people, four other people. I feel like, because it's probably going to be a member of Judgment Day, whether that's Damian Priest or Dominic Mysterio, Chad Gable, Bronson Reed, uh, Sami Zayn, maybe The Miz, because Gunther brought up The Miz today. And then, screw it, Oh, Ricochet in there. Gunther, there's seven. You do a ladder match or something for the Intercontinental Championship, and then you can have Gunther lose the belt but not actually get beat, if that makes any sense. But I think it could be Dom over Priest, because I think Priest and Finn will be defending the tag titles against the Awesome Truth. So. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, I, I do feel like they need to do like some sort of ladder match. And I have, like, no issue with, like, Gunther being in a ladder match. It just sucks because I really want Gunther to have, like, a singles match with someone at Mania. Right. And I thought him versus Sammy at WrestleMania would have been great. It would have been great. I feel like if there was going to be a ladder match, I feel like it should have been Logan Paul. But yeah, it, it, but he's probably going to face either Randy or honestly, I feel like for Logan Paul, he's probably going to do a triple threat against Randy and Kevin Owens. That's a possibility. Yes. So I'm trying to think, when was the last time we got the big ladder match at WrestleMania? That wasn't Money in the Bank. That wasn't a Money in the So WrestleMania 32? It was 32, the Intercontinental one. That's when that's I thought. Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder won. Yep, that's what I was thinking. That's the last time we've gotten a ladder match at WrestleMania. So we're kind of overdue. We'll see. They got, like I said, seven weeks to build it up. So technically they've got... Eight more SmackDowns and seven more Raws. Because they still have this week's SmackDown to get through. So, plenty of time to build all that up. And with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, if you're, if you're watching on Twitch, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember to head over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. That way you know when we post new videos, go live, or post to the community tab. Hit that join button to become a channel member. And remember, if you want to get your comment, question, or concern read live on the air, donate a super chat because, well, it highlights your comment, your question, and it also supports the channel very, very, very much. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're getting Nightingale, Skull and Bones, or Pacific Drive, maybe you're claiming the free game Super Meat Boy Forever, or you're getting into Fortnite because they've got Lady Gaga. You're going to want to use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, remember, for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases, use code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. So, Raw kicks off. They are in San Jose. Uh, Go for it. 
I'm actually going to cut you off here. Kid Vicious, I think, brought up a very good point that Twitch chat Miz can't challenge for the Intercontinental title as long as Gunther is champion. That's an interesting one because Gunther is the one that said, who's going to be my next challenger? And he named all these names and he was like, The Miz? He said The Miz tonight. And I feel like if it's a multi-man match, that could negate negate that that rule, I guess you could say, if it's a multi-man match. They can kind of be like, well, no, 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 no. He can't have any one-on-one matches for the title. But yeah, the only reason I even said Miz, because I thought about that too earlier. The only reason I said Miz was because Gunther said Miz. If Gunther wouldn't have said Miz, I wouldn't have said Miz. But as far as the show does go, they were in uh, San Jose, Tech, uh, San Jose, California. I don't know why. Oh, no, next week they're going to be in San Antonio. That's why I got it mixed up. San Jose, California. Michael Cole said they were sold out with 13,491 people in attendance. They showed Drew McIntyre and Becky Lynch arriving at the building and then gave us a long video package recapping the Elimination Chamber. Out would then come Dominic Mysterio, who's in the ring, and got booed big time, like booed out the building. He introduced his mommy, called her the greatest woman's champion of all time. Cole noted that Ripley's match against Lynch at WrestleMania will be the first time they've had a match in four years. Honestly, I don't even remember that last match. I thought this was going to be the first time they've had a singles match together. But he said, first time in four years, and I go, when was the last one? I don't even know. So Ripley welcomes everybody to Monday Night Mommy, and the crowd cheered and chanted Mommy. Ripley said that she walked in and out of her home country as a champion. Nia Jax might have been her biggest threat yet, but despite being down under, Mommy's always on top. Out with income, Becky Lynch. Lynch congratulated Ripley. Ripley got to watch her family win a match. Ripley's family got to watch her win a big match in her home country. And now, well, they saw that. So they don't have to fly all the way back here to the United States to watch her lose at WrestleMania. Dom tried to speak, but Lynch cut him off and called him a, a dirty kumquat. And Pat McAfee goes, what did she call him, Cole? He's like, I don't know. Uh, she said, if mommy... Wouldn't put him in his place. Maybe the man should. Lynch said that Ripley spent the year on top as the face of the company while being fed grapes by Dom. But during that same time, Lynch was the backbone, the heart, and the soul of WWE and became a Grand Slam champion and did it all while writing a bestseller book. Lynch said that she could do it, could do it all, including beat Bia Bloody Ripley. Ripley then told her not to disrespect her Latino heat ever again. Ripley said that it was about time Lynch won something to get her close enough to her level. Ripley then said uh, the man was thought, uh, Ripley said the man always thought, oh, okay, I wrote this weird, but I love this line from Rhea. She's like, a man always thinks that they're the backbone of everything, but a man is nothing without a greater woman behind them. And she goes, but I'm not behind you. I'm on top. Oh, that was a really good line from Rhea. Afterwards, Rhea left the ring. Nia Jax attacked Becky and gave her a couple leg drops. She went to give her the Annihilator. And seven, Pat McAfee, let us know, seven guys had to come out to stop Nia Jax. What did you think of this opening segment? All the way through, from Dom coming out all the way to the end with them stopping Nia's attack. 
was an effective segment, if I'm being completely honest. Hmm? Like, at first, when, I, when this first segment, like, first happened, I was like, oh, they're basically doing, like, a Nia and, like, Becky feud before this their match at Mania, so... Right. Which is very effective for Becky, because it could give her, like, a big win against Nia to make her look strong against Rhea at Mania. Yeah, because think about it. Becky hasn't beat Nia, so I think eventually, like you said, she will beat Nia and... Just make her a tiny bit stronger. I mean, I feel like we all kind of know that Becky probably isn't going to beat Rhea at Mania. I mean, I, do you? I mean, I don't. I'm still 50-50 on it, if I'm going to be honest. I don't really know who wins. I think Rhea should win, but I would not put it against them to have um, Becky beat her. Rhea hit the full year mark as champion. Is it before Mania or after Mania? It would be April 2nd, the week before Mania. Because she won it at last year's Mania. Yeah, so I was thinking if it was after Mania, then Rhea's probably going to retain because they probably want her to hit that full year first. Yeah, no, it would be the week before. Ooh, that's still a tough one, though. I know. And that's why I'm like, I need to see the build. I need to see how this is built up. Before I can make a prediction. I think it's too early to predict on this one. Yeah, I mean... Because if it's not Becky beating Rhea, then that's almost like, who's it going to be? Jade Cargill? Oh, Lord. No. That would be a big old oof. It'd be too early for Jade, honestly. Yeah. Because I can't really think of anyone that could beat Rhea besides Becky. I mean, they they kind of teased Liv. Yeah, but is Liv even is Liv like worthy enough though? I mean, kinda. What was kind of, but oh, okay. What does worthy really mean though? I don't know. Like someone who's had like a big enough build to where, yeah, they, to where the fans will be okay with it. I mean, the fans probably would be okay with it, but I think they need to build her up more since her return. Because right. right now, right now we know. We, Here's the thing. We know Liv Morgan as the runner-up. She's been the runner-up in the Rumble. She's been the runner-up in Elimination Chamber. It's like she's the runner-up. So if they want her to beat Rhea for the belt, they got to build her up better. So, they need to do. They need to do like a vignette of like Liv saying, "I'm tired of being the runner-up. I need to be first. So she kind of did that already on the bump. She said that. Um, people don't take her serious. She needs more respect, and she's going to go on her revenge tour. She did that on the bump. Yeah. So Jackie Redman interviewed Nia Jax in the back. Jax said that there was no way Lynch should be going to WrestleMania after Jax beat her, quote, clean. Jax said that Liv Morgan would get 10 times worse than what Lynch got earlier. So, I mean... Honestly, they should do is Becky beats Rhea and then Nia don't have Nia uh, Becky beat Nia before Mania have like Liv get involved in it no DQ or no contest or whatever and then so Nia still has that victory over Becky and so once Becky wins the belt at Mania if she does boom you've already got Nia right there as her first challenger built in that's something I think they could do. 
because Nia already Not has that idea. Nia already has that win over Becky. So if Becky doesn't get her win back yet before Mania and then wins the belt, then that next Monday on Raw, you can have Becky out there celebrating and Nia going, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. I beat you clean. I made you bleed, and I could do it again. How about you put the title on the line?" So. Moving forward, we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. This match went long. They got like almost like about 15 minutes. Like I expected the street fight to go long. That went almost 20 minutes. But I didn't expect this one to go almost just as long. But yeah, this match got a lot of time. And as Zayn entered the ring, go to commercial break. So we come back. And there's Nakamura entrance. Match starts, and they go to break like a minute into the match. And I'm like, what? Because it was like, Sam. so, so I kind of did this a little bit out of order. It was like, I think it was Sammy came out, break, Naya uh, interview, Nakamura came out, match starts, minute later they go into a break. So we come back, and Zayn hit a moonsault off the barricade. Before, or no, before the break, Zayn hit the moonsault um, off the barricade. When we come back, Zayn came in with the Michinoku driver for a two, but Nakamura dropped him on the apron, which led to the match's second break of the night about eight minutes in. Literally, they came back from break and were only there for like, what, two and a half minutes, if that. Really weird. Like, they, a lot of this match, it went 15 minutes just about, and like, a good portion of it was during commercial. So, they came back, and they're like halfway through this match already. I'm like, Jesus, a lot of commercial breaks early. Sammy hit a blue thunder bomb, got a near fall. Nakamura blocked the Haluva kick with a knee strike and hit a Kinsasha off the middle ropes for a close two. Nakamura then hit another knee strike to the back of the head of Sami Zayn while outside the ring. Zayn then barely beat the 10 count, but Nakamura nailed him with a running knee. Uh, for a two, after Zayn got his feet on the ropes, Zayn sidestepped another strike and hit a Haluva kick to the back of Nakamura's head. Zayn hit one more Haluva kick and pinned him to pick up the victory. So, for what we saw, solid match. These two always work really well together, and I liked it. What'd you think? Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed the match, and I think Sammy really needed the win here, especially with how they're building him up right now. So, I yeah. think it was a good win for Sammy. And this wasn't the last, what? I would say, it wasn't the last we saw of Sammy tonight either. Really interesting of what they're going to do with Nakamura next, unless like going up to me, they just be like, hey, you're going to be in the Battle Royal if they decide to do it this year. Right. Yeah, because I don't, if they were to do like the multi-man match for the IC title, Nakamura wouldn't fit because he's been losing too much. Yeah. I mean, you could say the same about Bronson Reed. I mean, he's he's lost the last few of his matches. True. Look that up really fast. Bronson Reed Cage match. Or Ivar. Oh, Ivar would be good in this. Oh, Ivar in a ladder match? If it's a ladder match? Oh, man. But Ivar just lost to Chad Gable, though. True. Or what if it's not a ladder match and it's a gauntlet match? Do you know what we haven't seen in a while? Huh. A championship scramble. Oh, Lord, I am. Well... I mean, technically, isn't that what the Iron Survivor is, but with a little, like, penalty box? I well, mean, it's yes and no. similar, because Championship Scramble, they don't keep points, right? They don't keep points. If you get the win, then it's like, all right, you're the, you're the champion now. Yeah, you're the champion now. 
So can you hold on to that belt before the time expires? That's why Brandon, Brian Kendrick used to say, I'm a former WWE champion. So that's look, what the championship scramble is because yep. then there'd be like five seconds left and you're like, oh, I'm the champion. Then someone can hurry up and get a pinfall. Yeah. So looking at Bronson Reed, he won a match a couple weeks ago on main event. Won a couple matches on main event. Well, okay. So he's one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. So, since last November, he's worked seven television matches and only lost two. He lost the match to Jey Uso, and he lost the match to Bobby Lashley to qualify for Elimination Chamber. So, he's five and seven in the last, on television, in the last four months. Not bad. I mean, half of those wins came all on main event. I mean, he would, he would fit pretty well in the ladder match, though. Yes, he would. I just... I mean, it's not, the, it's not the first time he's beaten one. I mean, he was in one back when he was in NXT. Yeah, my whole thing is, like, looking here at his cage match, I would have expected him to have worked more matches, even just this year. He's only worked eight matches in 2024 so far. And I mean, of those, of those seven I said... One was a WWE speed match that we haven't even seen yet back in December. Because that's not supposed to start to the spring. Like, those matches aren't supposed to start airing for a little while now. So, moving forward, they did a video package recapping. So, here's my thing. They're recapping the New Day and Imperium and their feud. Have they really been feuding for two years? Michael Cole said this feud goes back two years. I can't remember two years. Maybe a year. I can't remember these teams feuding for the last two years. No. When did Gunther go to the main roster? Um, Was was it uh, 2022? I think I so. Say. I can tell you when his last NXT match was, and that'll kind of give us a clue. His last NXT match was against Braun Breaker. Yeah. Like, after a stand and deliver. I was trying to get the date on that. Um, It was... Lost to Braun Breaker on April 5th, 2022. Then, didn't have a match until he showed up on SmackDown August 4th. No. April, no, no. Never mind. I hate how Cage Match does this. It goes day, month, year instead of month, day, year, and it throws me off. So, yeah, he worked NXT, and that Friday he was on SmackDown. So April of 2022. Yeah, and, like, he, had, he didn't really feud with Kofi or Woods <laughs> during that time, though. And then six, not even six months later, he won the Intercontinental Championship. Well, right about six months later. So, yeah, he's had that belt for... If he can... I'm pretty sure... Go for it. I know later that year, like, they were kind of feuding with the New Day back when the New Day were NXT tag champs. True. This is right here. Um, Let me see. 
Oh, no. It wasn't six months later. Again, Cage Match screws me up. It was three months later when he won the Intercontinental Championship. No. Two months after his debut on SmackDown, he won the IC title. He came in April, and by June, he was the Intercontinental Champion. But, yeah. So, I'm trying to see when they started feuding with the New Day. Yeah, it would have been last year, not... 2022 that I can see at least we got that that was after New Day appeared this morning on Kind of Funny Games Daily they're in San Francisco um, then Michael Cole told us we got some news pertaining to WWE 2K24 he stated that tomorrow we will learn everybody who's going to be in the DLC, the season pass. But that's not what happened. We learned tonight. Because as soon as Michael Cole made this announcement, 2K put the post up and made it public. So we all know. So I'm like, oh, somebody either hit that late early or Michael Cole just got his information wrong. But we did learn that guys like Diamond Dallas Page, Pat McAfee, Nia Jackson, CM Punk will all be part of the DLC for WWE 2K24. And I'm going to read the whole thing right here. I'm going to pull it up right here as far as the um, DLC does go and the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Season pass. Okay, why is the link not working? I had a link and now it's gone. Give me two seconds. Maybe 2K24. They tweeted it on Twitter so I could find it there. Wait, what? Oh, no, that's not what I want. Not what? No. Oh, that's not it either. That's someone's random. Okay. Here we go. Now I've got it. Season pass. Everybody included in the WWE 2K24 season pass. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. Some of these names surprised me. Some of these names really didn't surprise me. <clears throat> as far as the season pass does go, we see DDP, Kyrie saying the Dudley Boys, Post Malone is going to be a playable character. CM Punk, Carlito, Pat McAfee, Lex Luger, Lex Luger, Jade Cargill, Mr. Perfect. So as far as the packs do go, first off on May 15th, it's the ECW Punk Pack with CM Punk, Bubba, Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley, the Sandman, and Terry Funk, then my faction content, ECW Paul Heyman manager card, and then a superstar card for all included in the DLC. Go to DLC 2 on June 6th. It's the Post Malone and Friends Pack. Post Malone, Sensational Sherry, Mosh, Thrasher. We're getting the goddamn headbangers. Honky Tonk Man. And then Jimmy Hart is the manager. And then we'll get superstar cards for all of them. DLC 3 coming up on July 24th. This is the biggest one, I think. The most interesting. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Playable co-host. Stay tuned for more. So we're getting like freaking Tone and Boston Connor and stuff as playable characters in WWE 2K24. What the? What? Like it's got to be Boston Connor. Got to be Tone Diggs. It's got like it's got to be all the guys. The base three. And then maybe they, I doubt they had like Darius Butler or any of the other like guys that are only in there once or twice a week. I think it's Pat and the main three. 
Oh, and maybe AJ Hawk, because he's on every day too. So then we got the uh, Global Superstar Pack on September 20th. Jade Cargill, Nia Jax, Michelle McCool, Carlito, Kyrie Sane, Lyra Valkyria, Dragon Lee, which is interesting. I thought Dragon Lee was in the base game because they like gave his rating and everything already. We've seen screenshots, which is weird. And then Superstar Cards for all of them. And finally, on November 13th, they're spreading this stuff out big. November 13th, we're getting Diamond Dallas Page, Iron Sheik, Mr. Perfect, Great Muda, Lex Luger, and then Superstar Cards for all of them. So, yeah, this is going to be very cool. We're getting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 to 25, maybe a little more new wrestlers, and then one new manager in Jimmy Hart. Because we don't know how many people are going to be in the Pat McAfee pack. So with not adding them and just Pat, it's 23. So if they had like three more, then that would be 26. Maybe it's 26. So we're getting two dozen, basically, more wrestlers after launch, which is cool. All you got to do is buy the season pass or just get the deluxe edition of the game. Any thoughts on any of the DLC? I mean, Jade Cargill is kind of a surprising one. Yes and no. She's been around long enough, at least signed, to where it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Right, but she only had one match, though. True. But the, the, mm, I get what you're saying. I thought it was funny when uh, Michael Cole goes, I've known this for a couple months, Pat. I got to call uh, record commentary for all your moves. He goes, what? And he goes, do you even know what your moves are, Pat? He goes, no, I don't. And then later on, when they were doing the street fight and they were talking about the ratings, Pat goes, or Michael Cole goes, hey, Pat, do you know what your rating in the game is going to be? He goes, nope, but I'm probably going to suck. I better not be higher rating than anybody else that's better than me. I thought it was funny. He's like, it's like, it's like, if I'm higher rated than some of these guys here, they're going to be pretty mad. That would be an interesting one. What's Post Malone going to be rated? What's Pat McAfee going to be rated? I'm sure Post Malone would probably be like a 78 or a 79. So, but here, here's my thing. I've always felt like whatever you're rated doesn't really matter. It's the skill level of the player, to be completely honest. Really? And honestly, if you have the game, you can literally just boost up that wrestler for however rating you want. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. That's true. I mean, I feel like people take the ratings a little too seriously. Like people, I will say if there's anyone who had like a really low rating this year and didn't deserve it, it's probably Austin Theory. Johnny he Gar- has 72. Gargano went down this year for some reason. Well, Gargano said a lot of people like went down this year. No, no one really went up. Well, no, I saw quite a few go up. Only I saw quite I mean, a few go uh, up a couple points. Not a lot but... of people went up, though. Too true, many people true. went down. True. Like, LA Knight was, had a big one. He went, he went to an 88. Yeah. Uh, so move forward. Like Aaron Cross, he's on a 75 right now. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, but it's like he doesn't do anything, really. Like, when's the last time he had an actual match that showed that he should be in the 80s? He's got, like, five moves, and he barely ever wrestles. Oh, yeah, they're not even really using him, though, a whole lot. <laughs> I know. He just attacks Bobby Lashley every week. Which, there's a six-man tag we can see at WrestleMania. 
Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits against the Final Testament. Actually, there's well, two there's there's two six man tags we can see at WrestleMania: Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits versus Final Testament, and the LWO versus Legato. Which, if you are we already going to see that one though? LWO and Legato. Yeah, aren't we getting that on SmackDown already? Or have I already seen that? I mean, technically, but not with Ray. Well, we don't even know when Ray's coming back. Ray thought he was going to get cleared for Rumble, and he's... Last word last week was... I think Meltzer said he's close. Like, it could be any time now that Ray gets cleared. Moving forward, we had a squash match. The minute match, minute and a half. Raquel Rodriguez, Chelsea Green. Before the match, Green said that she would have won the Elimination Chamber. She was in it instead of Raquel Rodriguez. She mocked Rodriguez for flying all the way to Australia just to lose. And she was a bigger loser than the San Jose Sharks. And hey, don't mess with the Sharks. Match, nothing happened. Raquel got all the offense, basically. Clothesline, follow-away slam, Tejano bomb. There we go. Raquel Rodriguez beats Chelsea Green in less than a minute and a half. What'd you think? I mean, Chelsea was great on the mic. Chelsea's a goddamn TV star. I mean, Chelsea had a great promo, but not a lot to the match, really. Right. What if Chelsea had like had like a promo moment at uh, Mania? Oh, give her like a celebrity thing where like she's cutting a promo and a celebrity comes out and like, shut up, bitch, and slaps her or something. Or like, do something or with like, a, or does, like, a wrestling move on her, or does something with a legend, or like, well, she like interrupts a celebrity or something. They like bring out someone to like beat her up, like that, a Jade Cargill. That'd be funny. Like, like not not like the celebrity beating up Chelsea, but like right, let's right. say like like they bring out someone to beat up Chelsea, and that's like Jade Cargill, for example. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, it would fit her. It would fit it, mm-hmm. really. No, it'd be perfect. Because last year, it was the Miz that got that was like confronting like Snoop Dogg, and then well, Shane so, Mick. So he and he and Snoop were co-host, and then he had the thing with Shane, and then he had the thing with Pat McAfee. He wasn't supposed to fight Snoop Dogg. That was a complete audible when Shane Torres quad. It was supposed to be. Yeah, Snoop Dogg was never supposed to physically get involved in anything. And they all called Nautable on the fly. Which, more power to all of them. So moving forward, Jackie Redman interviewed Sami Zayn, who said that he needed tonight's win. A loss tonight would have devastated him and just made his road to WrestleMania that much harder. But the win tonight reaffirmed his belief that he is a contender and has a path on the, on the road to WrestleMania. Then up would come Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Kind of just looked at them. They looked at him. They walked off. Gunther then walks up, looks at Sammy. Sammy looks at him. Gunther laughs. And as Gunther's walking away, Sammy slightly chuckles as well. So there, right there, I'm like, oh, Sammy Gunther, Sammy Gunther. But then they just kept saying, Oh, you want to fight for the IC title? Oh, you want to fight for the IC title? And then Guther's like, I got this guy and this guy. It's got to be a multi-man match at this point. 
But here's my question. So we know the original plan was Brock Lesnar. If that was really the original plan, and then we end up getting a multi-man match, what else may have gotten changed? Like, what was Sammy originally going to do? Fight, probably fight Drew because it was supposed to be Seth and Punk. But then, like, what was Bronson Reed supposed to do? What was Chad Gable supposed to do? What was, you know, anybody else going to get added to this match supposed to do? So that's another big question of if this becomes the big multi-man match, what else got changed? Now, again, they were building up pretty hard Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn, so I believe that was going to be a direction as well until they had to pivot to Drew and Seth. I mean, I think originally it probably was supposed to be like Sammy versus Drew because since like Drew didn't really resign yet, so they probably thought this would be like an easy one. Yeah. But I mean, Bronson Reed and like everyone else. Probably Battle Royal guys. Probably Battle Royal guys, but then they were like, you know what? Let's make it a multi man. I mean, I like it. If that is the route. I mean, it looks very, very likely. That's the route we're going. So, yeah. That, but you don't sound too enthused by it. No, like, I have no issue with it. But, like, again, like, I feel like with, with Guther as such, like, a great IC champion, I really I wish it. it would have been, like, a singles match. Cause he's, yeah, because he's last year was a triple threat. Last year was triple threat. Now I just feel first... like this year need to, need to be the year where he has, like, a singles match at yeah. Mania. Well, because here's my whole thing. I want whoever beats Gunther for the title to actually beat Gunther, and it means something. If, like, Sammy goes in there and pins the Miz, what does that really mean? You know? It still makes Gunther really strong. Yes. I mean, but it, it's it, a good way to make Gunther still strong, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you won the IC title and you took it off Gunther, but you didn't pin him or make him tap out. Right, and I want whoever beats Gunther for that title to look very strong and be elevated in a way. And I think beating Gunther after 600 and some odd days with that belt is a great way to elevate somebody, even if it's somebody we've seen around for a long time. So it's like, I kind of wish it was a singles match with somebody pinning Gunther. I mean, they don't really have to beat Gunther at Mania, but still. Yeah. Unless, I mean, yeah. Unless it already... For all we know, Gunther walks out still a champion. I mean, he probably holds that title all the way to Berlin. Which, I mean, that might be the plan. If I mean, if they do a multi-man, that almost tells you that Gunther's probably going to retain. A good chance. Hell, have him hold the title all the way to Berlin and drop it to Dragunov in his first main roster match, where Gunther just keeps beating all these people, and then Dragunov shows up and goes, Hey, remember when I beat you back in the day? Because that's why I thought the Braun Breaker match would have been perfect. Because Braun was like, didn't I send you a packing from NXT? I beat you in your last NXT match. Like, he could have easily done that, but he's on SmackDown, so what does it even matter? Yeah, I feel like SmackDown probably needed Breaker more, though, than Raw. Yeah. I mean... I don't... <sighs> yeah, because Raw do you, got... Do you really think they do... Do you think do you really think they do something with Braun Breaker at Mania? I doubt it. Ooh. Probably not. I don't I have no clue what it would be. Probably not. I'm trying to think what just... he can do. I could see him winning the battle royal. 
like when they did it with Baron Corbin, where it's like, oh, this guy was a big name in NXT. Now he comes to the main roster and wins the WrestleMania Battle Royal. Big things are in, ahead for him. I can see that. Braun, like, eliminating 10, 12 guys or something like that, getting a ridiculous number of eliminations and then winning. Screw it. Put him in the men's battle royal and have him eliminate everybody. Give him all the eliminations to make him that big of a monster. Okay. Uh, I would go that far, but have him give him like the most eliminations. Yes. Do like towards the end where there's like where there's like six or seven people trying to eliminate him and he just eliminates all of them. I'd like that. We go to the back. Kathy Kelly's interview on Cody Rhodes. She wondered if challenging or, the... Go for it. Or here's the thing, maybe if they do like a superstar shakeup or draft after Mania, he could they could send him to Raw and maybe have him challenge Gunther. They could, but that would feel weird. Why put him on SmackDown for such a brief time? If they, if the plan was always for him to be on Raw, then why not just put him on Raw now? You know? It, or let's say they do a draft and then then uh God. Well yeah, no. Here's I'm what they could do. Here's what they could do right with now. It. Here's what they could do with it. If um, if Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce are still kind of like trying to one-up each other, Adam Pierce can be like, you signed Braun, but then I stole him in the draft. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, but I couldn't think of Adam Pierce's name. Yeah, they could do something like that. And then they can, then maybe on SmackDown, he, they could be like, well, remember when you signed Andrade? Well, I'm going to steal him from you. Not a bad idea. So, Kathy Kelly interviewed Cody Rhodes in the back. She wondered if challenging The Rock was a smart strategy this close to WrestleMania. Rhodes says that it wasn't really about strategy. It was simple. Rock slapped him across the face, so he challenged him to a match. Rhodes looks forward to The Rock's rebuttal this Friday on SmackDown. You see The Rock is going to work the next three weeks? He's on every SmackDown for the next three weeks. Yeah, I saw that. Working more than Roman Reigns. I mean, they're really trying to, like, play up this thing of him being in the bloodline almost. Right. Uh, Kathy yeah, Kelly. like, that's, that, that SmackDown's already sold out. They've, they're already promoting that that SmackDown's sold out already. This, yes, for this Friday. This Friday. In Glen, Glendale, Arizona. Then the next Friday, they'll be in Dallas, Texas. And then the Friday that's after. Probably the, be- I can see that selling out. And then. And those next. Those next ones after this one are going to sell out easy. So they go Glendale, Arizona this week, Dallas, Texas the following week, and then Memphis, Tennessee the week after that. And all three have The Rock. Rock said he'd be on all those shows. So we'll see. At least tease that he would be on those shows. Didn't write out say, I will be at every single one, but did say SmackDown and the Bloodline will be in these cities the next three weeks and insinuated he would be there as well. And I think Michael Cole even said on Raw he's going to be at the next couple upcoming shows. Kathy Kelly then interviewed Grayson Waller. Rhodes liked Waller enough. Uh, Rhodes liked Waller enough and said that Waller... Oh, no, I read this. I wrote this way wrong. She asked Cody about Grayson Waller. I wrote that wrong. Rhodes liked Waller enough and said that he's good, but he's a little, you know, got a little too much... Uh, what did he say? A little too much for his own good. Uh, he says, first appearance on Monday Night Raw is going to be in the main event of Monday Night Raw. 
and so he should be thanking Cody for that one. He said that he also gave him scoops on the Grayson Waller effect, uh, effect every time he's been on there. Then we got Gunta. Imperium entered the ring, and Gunther admitted that Jey Uso almost beat him last week. He's like, Jay did come close to beating me. I will admit that. He said, I felt the Intercontinental title slipping away from my hands for the first time ever. But he got lucky, and nobody's perfect. But I am very, very close to it. Gunther said that he's been working hard for more than 600 days to be the Intercontinental Champion and bring prestige back to the title. He wondered who his opponent's going to be at WrestleMania. Luther says, I don't live under a rock. I see what people are saying. Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, The Miz, maybe even R-Truth. Truth got a good pop. Chad Gable also got a good pop as well. Gunther was, he was about to say something else and then Judgment Day interrupts. Damian Priest gets in the ring with the rest of Judgment Day and says, they don't sweat Gunther or Imperium. He said, we're the ones that run this place, and you guys are just second to the Judgment Day. Judgment Day then ran ran the table at Elimination Chamber, and they planned on doing the same at WrestleMania. He said they need to add more gold to their stable, including the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther wondered, well, who's going to challenge me, Finn Balor or the one with the big head? And Dominic would step up to Gunther. Gunther laughed. The crowd booed. Dom said that the title belonged on them. Gunther then shoved Dom. Priest was about to go after Gunther, and the Judgment Day held uh, Priest back. This is weird, because if they're going to be defending the tag titles, which they haven't officially announced, but we would assume, they're going to defend the tag titles at WrestleMania. Why tease Gunther and Priest so hard? Are they going to do it before WrestleMania? It would have to be before WrestleMania. I don't know. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, after Mania, that's when they start building up new stuff. They don't really, like, continue a whole lot of stuff after Mania. Right. Because after Mania, that's that's the part where you, like, start building up stuff that's new, not stuff that's, like, really continuing. That's, I mean, we might get, like, one or two things that's, like, really continuing after mm-hmm. Mania. But, like, but, but, like, after Mania, that's, like, new stuff. I'd say this has to be before Mania. Same. So then we saw unless, go for it. Or unless what if like they're setting up maybe like a multi-man tag where where like Priest and Finn are defending against multiple tag teams. Oh, so Imperium ends up in that match? Yeah. I can see that. <clears throat> where you got so like, like let's say they're So you can do you know you got Judgment Day, Imperium, the New Day, uh DIY. Yeah, well, See, how many teams are you really going to add? Because I can name a bunch of teams that I would like to see in this. Do you like... And you also got to think. They're the just, un- but, but think about this, too. They're the undisputed champions. They're not just the Raw champions. You got to think ta- SmackDown teams as well. So do you just have them... What I would do is... No, you wouldn't do this because you just did this. Because I was thinking do the two showcase matches like they did last year and then have... Mm, it's tough. I don't know what they do with the tag titles. I still think it's awesome truth, though. But what were you going to say? I was thinking maybe you could do, like, two teams from Raw and two teams from SmackDown. Like, Judgment Day and, like, Imperium. How do you do five teams 
you only have four. No, like four Judgment Day is just like one of those teams, though. Like they're the oh, one they're the one of the raw. raw. Team. Okay, they're one of the raw teams. Gotcha. So what you would go them and DIY? Well, no. See, I I, I want awesome truth in this though. <laughs> we <laughs> we got like them and DIY, and then what? Pretty deadly. And who else is on SmackDown? Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. But they just lost the tag title match. Would they get another one this quickly? Street Profits? Not if they're in the six-man. That would that's potentially going to happen. I mean, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory? That's Yeah, you could do that. I'm looking on the SmackDown roster right now. Um... Let's see. Gallus and Anderson are doing NXT right now. Interesting, they still have Pat listed on the SmackDown roster. Yeah, really, all you got is Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. Or the Good Brothers. I mean, you got Grace Waller and, and Austin Theory. You've got. Cruz del Toro and Walking Wild, but I think they're already going to be doing stuff. So it's Alexander and Ashanti, the Adonis, they're building them up as the new team. It'd be too early, too early for them. You got Angel and Berto. I still don't understand that name change to just Berto. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that either. Or what if Sheamus comes back and then they do Sheamus and Rich Holland? I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't love it either, though. Apparently people think Sheamus is going to AEW. He's got time on his contract still. For some reason, people want to see a reformation of like the League of Nations, but in AEW as a more serious group. I don't know why, but... That started getting uh, passed around on Facebook this weekend. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of fake wrestling news on Facebook. Like, oh my God, more than you would even imagine. All the fake wrestling news on Facebook. How the hell would you even get wrestling news from Facebook anyway? On different groups and stuff. Different groups. And then... But that's, not really good, that's not really a good spot to get wrestling news. No, though. it's not. But then people will read it and then come to me and go... Hey, did you see this? Why didn't you report on this? And I'm like, because it's not true. Trust me, I get it a lot. <laughs> like, don't even get me started on the fucking Ryback stuff from today. That dumb motherfucker. I don't know if you saw any of that. I I don't even want to listen to it. No, I'll I'll tell you off here because I ain't even gonna dignify it with any kind of it's breath. Not, it's it's not even worth as, it. Stupid fucking shit. I'm going to say it right here. That's all I'm going to say about it. If you're creating content or writing articles for your website based on what Ryback said about Triple H or John Cena and their allegations, then you're just as much of a piece of shit as Ryback. I'm going to say it right now. If you're making content or writing articles about what Ryback said, you're just as bad as he is. We know nobody believes Ryback for the most part. You're just looking for clicks and, and yeah, fuck off. It's No. So we see Rhea Ripley concerned for like the first time in forever. She walks up to Dom and's like, Dom, what are you, Gunther, really? Gunther? He's like, don't worry about it. And then she walks off and Finn's like, uh, 
you may want to go smooth that over there, old Dom. And he's like, okay. And he goes to walk off, and he bumps into Andrade. So Andrade's there, and he says, I got to go talk to Adam Pierce about my first opponent. And Dom's like, oh, okay. So we getting Dom and Andrade? I'd like that. That wouldn't be a... That's actually a pretty good idea, honestly. Right? Like, is that going to be Andrade's, like, first match on Raw since he so left? I'm, that's what I'm thinking. They, they teased it. Ooh, there's another name to put in the multi-man match at Mania. Andrade. Andrade. Yep. So then we get the street fight. This match was awesome. I loved this match. So the New Day come out. They're wearing jeans and San Jose Shark jerseys. Custom San Jose Shark jerseys. Kofi's got the number 42. Woods has got double zeros. Don't know what the numbers mean to them, but hey, their names are on the back of them too, which is really cool. The New Day hit dives early on as we go to a break. They fought back. We come back and they're just up in the crowd already. And I go, oh, that escalated quickly. So New Day brought out a table. They really didn't get to do anything with it. Kaiser then teased the table. And I knew exactly what this was because he's done it before. You pull the table out, the crowd pops, and you put the table right back under the ring. Such an amazing heel spot right now in wrestling. Tease the table and say, oh, no, no. You want it? You're not getting it. It's such a it's such an easy heat spot. Instead, though, instead, though, he grabs chairs and Imperium drop kicks the chair right into like the face, chin, chest area of um, Xavier Woods, who was draped in the corner. Kingston at one point nailed Imperium with a high cross before body slamming Kaiser on Da Vinci. Kingston then tried to grab a table, but Imperium brought him back into the ring with a double suplex. Kingston dropped Kaiser with a knee strike, but Vinci dropped him with a clothesline. Vincey hit Woods repeatedly with the kendo stick. And then we go to another break. We come back. Kingston had taken Pat McAfee's chair and threw it at the face of Ludwig Kaiser. Vincey was also sent into the steel steps. Kingston and Woods then took turns hitting Kaiser with the kendo stick. And then Woods did the smack Kofi and said, Get the tables! And so the crowd chanted, Get the tables. They went nuts when Kofi brought out a table. Kofi then placed Vincey on the table. Woods climbed to the top rope. Remember, the table's on the outside. Woods then climbed to the top rope and did an elbow drop off the top through the table. Huge pop made a very loud noise as well when he went through this table. Like, that was, oh, man. Table broken like four different spots. They throw him into the ring. They go for the pin. One, two. Kaiser pulls out the ref. Yeah, they, they let us know, hey, it's no DQ, so that's technically legal. Kingston then hit a suicide dive, which drew a this is awesome chant from the crowd. Vincey then shoved Kingston off the top, and he went through a table on the outside. Kofi hit hard and barely landed on the table. Back in the ring, um, they hit Woods in the head after with a baking sheet. Basically, Vincey was uh, sitting on the apron, Woods reached over the top rope to grab him, and he grabbed the baking sheet and went, plop, hit Woods right in the face. Uh, Kaiser then grabbed Woods and threw him face first into a chair, wedged into the corner, rolled him up, grabbed the jeans, one, two, three, Imperium. Actually picks up the victory here 
on Monday Night Raw. I thought this ladder match, or not ladder match, street fight was great. I thought it was so entertaining. My favorite thing on the show. What'd you think? Oh, yeah, this was easily best match of the night. Yes. 100%. And I honestly thought Imperium getting the win was probably the best move here because the New Day, they're one of those teams where if you beat them, it's not really going to affect them that much. So I feel like Imperium just needed the win more. So I see Imperium win this, and the first thing in my head is like, they need them tag titles. Like, they need the tag titles. They would look... How awesome would it be if Gunther's got the Intercontinental Championship and they have the tag titles? Yeah, like they need... They they honestly really need it at this point because ever since they've they've been on the main roster, they've looked like two guys where they just take a bunch of losses as a tag team, and then they... But yeah, Gunther is kind of like carrying them right now. Well, and that's all because of the stuff they were doing with Vinci, where they're like, Vinci's not good enough. Is Vinci good enough to be in this group? Well, put the tag titles on them. They're all good enough. I think Imperium needs the tag titles before Gunther drops the IC title. Yeah. And it just makes it hard. Uh, it makes it hard to do that when you have Imperium or uh, New Day holding both belts. Like, you need to split those tag titles up and put a raw belt on Raw and a SmackDown belts on SmackDown. They need to do that after Mania, honestly. Yeah. They need... If they do, like, the draft after Mania, then, like, whatever team the champions are... Whatever show, like, the champions are on, then on the other show, they could be like, now this show, they don't... You guys don't have tag, tag titles, so no. we're going to give you guys... I know the exact way to do it, and this would actually... But, Awesome Truth wins the belts. Truth then gets confused why he has two titles and then goes, and then when he shows up on Raw with only the red belt, Miz can be like, Truth, where's your other title? He goes, what do you mean? We're on Raw. I got the red belt. I gave old Nick Pierce, or because you know he messes their names up or there. Nick Aldis, I gave Nick Aldis his belt back. So that's on SmackDown now. And it's Truth split the belts up because he got confused on why he had two different titles. There you go. And Miz is, and then Miz is like, no, we got both. And then Miz gets told by like Nick Aldis, oh, Truth already vacated those. You guys only got the raw titles. I mean, it'd be wacky and dumb, but it'd be wacky and dumb in a way that makes sense because it's truth. <coughs> I mean, that would actually be kind of funny, honestly. It would. He could be like, what? We're on the red show. We need the red belts. Why do we need the blue ones? Or if he gets really confused and accidentally gives the raw titles to SmackDown and keeps the, the SmackDown title. I don't know. But regardless, I think that would be a funny way to split him up. Truth just gets confused why he's got to have two belts. And so he just says, ah, here you go. You can keep this one. Uh, moving forward, and Pierce was on the phone with Bronson Reed. And he like congratulated. I guess he congratulated him about um, baby. And then weirdly, I don't know what what he was talking about. Because like, oh yeah, I get I get you know I get that question a lot. So I'm maybe asking about the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know. And then Gable shows up and shocked the shit out of me. He's wearing a suit, no tie, but still. I was like, what? Why the hell is Gable wearing a suit? But Gable said he wants to face Gunther. Not just for the Intercontinental Championship, because there's a, a more pressing reason. Gable said, he's a father. 
and he wants to avenge his daughter who Gunther made cry. Gable said he came so close to beating Gunther, but that's not what has haunted him. What haunted him is his daughter being reduced to tears. Gunther laughed at her misery and called him a bad father. To anyone else, this was just a championship match. But to him, it's more. Pierce is like, you know, I get it. I fully understand. So yeah, I really think they're setting up a multi-man match for the IC title at WrestleMania. Bronson Reed, Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, and possibly others. What do you yeah. think of the Gable spot? I mean, I, I had no issue with Gable wearing a suit. Made him look more professional. This is weird because he never does. So it threw me off guard. It's different, but I, I didn't I didn't really get thrown off by it. Like, would, would you much rather have more jumpsuit instead? Well, no, he could just come back in there in his T-shirt and singlet. Like he normally wears walking around. I don't know. Work out, you know, some gym shorts and a shirt. I don't know. It's just weird because he's never. When's the last time we've seen Chad Gable in a suit? I don't think ever. Maybe once, twice. Not that I can remember. I think Hall of Fame ceremony. That's what I was thinking too, but that don't count. It doesn't, but. Uh, so then we got Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. Taking on Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. They were mad that they didn't get a title shot at uh, Elimination Chamber, but the other two did. They then told Asuka and Kyrie Sane to pay attention to tonight because they are going to make their opponents tap out. And then do the same to Asuka and Kyrie. This match went three minutes, not even three minutes, actually. <clears throat> went less than three minutes, and not much really happened. Baszler and Stark got the heat on LeRae until she tagged out. Hartwell was briefly on offense until Baszler made the blind tag and Perna care for the clutch and made her tap out. So there we go. They're really building up that Shayna, <clears throat> Shayna and Zoe are going to challenge for them women's tag titles. Wouldn't hate it. Me neither. I don't see them winning, though. Nah. Unless they do like a fatal four-way match where like, the Kabuki Warriors were defending. Right. Like two teams from SmackDown, two teams from Raw. So you can do Zoe and and so you can do uh Zoe and Shayna, Caden and Katana, and then Kabuki Warriors and I don't know, I will fire an island. I love Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say, last weekend at the live events, they were doing Asuka versus Mia Yim. And Asuka had Kyrie in her corner, and for some weird reason, Mia had Zelina in her corner. So instead of like Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, you do Michin, Mia Yim, and Zelina Vega? You could, but I would assume that if they do anything with LWO and Legato, Zelina would be involved in that because of uh, Electra Lopez. But it was just weird that Zelina came out with Michin. Like, I didn't understand that at all. She did both nights last weekend. I mean, it's only a live event. doesn't really mean anything. Right. The truth is in Judgment Day's clubhouse when he was approached by Johnny Gargano, Shawn Michaels, Tommaso Ciampa, Triple H, and The Miz. Truth thought Gargano and Ciampa were Shawn Michaels and Triple H, DX. They said Truth was always cheering them up. And also, good to see Miz got out of that locker room that he was locked in. 
Miz, did you see that on social media? What? So, before the show started, Miz jumped on Instagram and was like, so we're in one of the small little locker rooms. He didn't say who else was in there with him, but there was other people in there because you can hear him talking. He's like, we're in one of these little locker room areas, and I closed the door, and now it won't open. They're literally locked in a room. He's like, the, try the knob. We don't have a screwdriver to try and pop the uh, pop the um, hinges off or anything. He's like, we're literally locked in here, and we don't know if we're going to get out before the show starts. That's nuts. Yeah. So he got out, as we saw here. Unless this was filmed earlier, and he's still locked in there. I don't know. But they said that Truth Soy is cheering them up. And so they're going to cheer him up, and he's gonna help. They're gonna help him get revenge against um, Judgment Day, and then basically Truth was like, "That's great," and we're Regeneration X because we're gonna regenerate or something like that. And so, yeah, Regeneration X. <laughs> Break it down. I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of upset that like they haven't, they haven't really like done like a. Degeneration X intro on TV yet? Well, no. With like so, so I think now that they've got the name, they can do it from here. Like I would have liked to see it last week; it would have been funny. But now you got the name, you got to do it now. Hell, yeah. do it. Re-record the DX music, but say Regeneration, and just have Samantha Irving do it. Just have her sing it. Regeneration X. That'd be so funny. I want to see freaking Johnny and Ciampa coming out throwing glow sticks. But it was funny because Ciampa kept asking him, he was like, are you ready? Are you ready? And Trish is like, yeah. What, Triple H? What, get the game? But, yeah. It's it was- funny because like Champ- Ciampa <laughs> is also kind of like a modern-day Triple H. Cause right. Like the fairy tale mm-hmm. ending is basically... Almost like the pedigree. Modified pedigree, yeah. But I saw it was funny because he kept asking him, Truth, are you ready? Are you ready? So then we had a Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins segment. McIntyre entered and slapped hands with fans in the front row. Started his promo with, we did it! Which was kind of funny. McIntyre wanted to thank everybody that put their hands together and prayed for this. Did this happen? Because of them. Drew versus Seth. At WrestleMania, McIntyre admitted that he felt like crap. He was in the chamber match first, was banged up, and felt jet lagged. He uh, ruptured his eardrum, and he's done this before. So Drew McIntyre has suffered a ruptured eardrum before, but only missed like a week of television. He said though that the doctor told him he could miss WrestleMania, and he told the doctor, "Who do you think I am, CM Punk? Nothing's gonna stop me from making Mania." I suffered a ruptured eardrum once before. It, it's, it sucks, but it's not, like, super bad or anything. Nah, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, not only the, when I, I suffered it, it wasn't, so. And then, like I said, Drew suffered it before. I think in, like, 20... I know he suffered it once before. Hold on. I think it was 2022. Um, I think it was 2022 he suffered a ruptured eardrum before. Yeah, December of 2022. 
It was Roman Reigns. Okay, here it was. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre both suffer ruptured eardrums in the eliminate or the War Games match Survivor Series 2022. That's what it was. But McIntyre sat cross-legged in the middle of the ring. He knew it hurt Punk to miss Mania and probably killed him to see McIntyre in his spot in the world title match. McIntyre wanted to do something for Punk. He knew Punk was straight edge and didn't drink. So McIntyre drank twice as much on his way home from for the both of them. McIntyre then said, well, now we got to hear from Seth. Seth Rollins, come on out. Rollins said that McIntyre finally had the opportunity to win the title in front of the capacity crowd at WrestleMania. Rollins is going to stand in his way. Not allow it to happen. McIntyre said, you're right. Rollins said, or he said, you, uh, you were right. Rollins was in his way, but he was a hard man to beat. So is McIntyre. And Seth's like, uh, I beat you twice now. McIntyre said that he wondered why Rollins was getting involved in other things. He's like, why are you going to SmackDown? Bloodline has nothing to do with you. Why are you getting involved in the Bloodline? He said, you don't even need to worry about SmackDown. We need you as our champion here on Raw. McIntyre wanted Rollins at 100%. And dealing with the Bloodline could hurt that. Could make him not 100%. He even said something about... what He said, even if SmackDown was there on fire, I wouldn't even waste my piss to put it out or something like that. I'm like, what the fuck? McIntyre then urged Rollins not to push the bloodline because we all know what happens when you get involved with them. He said that they're going to have a hell of a match at WrestleMania. And then what? The bloodline's going to interfere because they're mad at Seth. He's like, and if they do, I don't care. I'll use that to my advantage. Rollins then told McIntyre respectfully some risks were needed to be taken and they were worth it. Rollins has already thought about everything McIntyre just said. Rollins said that his knee may not be 100% his back and his back might give out and the bloodline could make it easy for McIntyre mania maybe McIntyre was right but maybe he was wrong Rollins repeated that there are some risks with doing all of this he's been a little selfish in his career he said and in his life he thought that the goal at the end of the road would fill the void but every time he got there he felt empty inside he said it wasn't it wasn't until Rollins had his daughter that he realized not everything was about him the world title was bigger than him and Drew, and so was the bloodline in taking them down. Rawls says that it doesn't matter if he or McIntyre were the champion, because if they didn't take down the bloodline, it was just a matter of time before they would be going for the world title as well. They could secure the future of this industry if they ripped it apart, the bloodline that is. Then it would just be Rollins and McIntyre and Mania with nobody else to get involved. Rollins reiterated, again, risks are worth taking. Basically, Seth now feels like he's got to help take down the bloodline or they're going to screw him at WrestleMania and help Drew. What do you think of this whole segment? I felt like it was a tiny bit long. It was a tiny bit long. I feel like it was more... It was honestly just more bloodline more than, like, Seth versus Drew. Kind of. They really made it seem like that Seth cares more about, like, Ending the bloodline that is match against Drew. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get that. So that's why maybe fans might not take this match seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that's the case? 
Well, I mean, yes and no. I think they'll take the match seriously, but I do think Seth is too preoccupied. Honestly, Seth's too preoccupied with the the bullet, not the bullet club, the uh, bloodline, where I think that's going to lead to Drew winning. I think Drew. Yeah. Wins. I think Drew wins the belt. He has to. I mean, it's it's time. Someone's got to take that title off of Seth. I mean, Seth, in my opinion, he's. To me, he's kind of felt like a lackluster champion, honestly. A little bit. I feel like you would bet it. I feel like you would, Drew would do more with it though than Seth would. Moving forward, we had an eight-minute match that ended in a disqualification. Liv Morgan and Nia Jax. Not a big fan of this match. Morgan went right after Jax, but Jax nailed a Samoan drop and put Morgan in a stretch muffler. And slung her face, slung her face first into the middle turnbuckle. Jackson went for a leg drop on the apron, but Morgan dodged it and followed her up with a suicide dive. Jackson was in control after a break, but Morgan avoided a senton and hit a missile drop kick. Morgan followed this up with a code breaker for a two. Morgan dodged, dodged a charge and went shoulder first into the post. It didn't matter because uh, Jax caught Morgan and Morgan and dove off the apron. Jesse dove off the apron. And threw her into the ring post. This is when then Becky would jump in, attack Nia, and cause the disqualification. So actually, technically, Nia wins because she attacked Nia. So Nia wins by DQ. Anyways, Probably, yeah. Lynch slammed Jax's face repeatedly into the announce table, but Jax managed to get away as the refs held back Becky. They then showed uh, Liv sitting up against the announce table, just super pissed off, and she looked very exhausted here. Like, I don't know what it was, but lived like she looked almost out of it and tired, but pissed off at the same time. Yeah, I felt like this was a nothing happened in match that went eight minutes and then ended in a DQ. I didn't care about this match at all. What'd you think? I mean, it was kind of just there just for like Beck. Becky and like Nia stuff to like, like further build up. Well, it, it's also teasing something with Liv and Becky too, as we see here in a moment. So go to the back. And Kathy Kelly interviewed Grace Waller and Austin Theory. Waller said that Rhodes disrespected him in his home country. Rhodes attacked his boy Theory, and Waller did everything he could to stop it. Okay. Sat there and watched. Waller would uh, disrespect Rhodes in his house tonight. And the bloodline would pick the bones. Theory still didn't look too happy with Waller because, again, Waller didn't help. Michael then gave his condolences on the passing of Ole Anderson, who passed away today at the age of 81 years old. That's very, very unfortunate. And then, uh, where was I? I just lost my notes. I scrolled too far. Here we go. Becky Lynch then told Adam Pierce that she wanted a match against Nia Jax. She wouldn't be able to focus on her Mania match until she ended Nia. Pierce is like, all right, you got it. Next week. Morgan then confronted uh, Becky. Morgan said that she was in the middle of a match, but knew that Lynch didn't care. Morgan told Lynch, not everything was about you. Do you think we get to live in, in Becky before Mania? Fans online want them to ad-lib and make it a triple threat. Please, God, no. 
People online were trying to get We Want Live to trend because it worked for Cody. Not the same thing at all. Cody, it worked for Cody because Cody was told you're getting the Roman match and then they changed it on him. No one ever told Liv, you're getting this, and then they changed it on her. It's not the same thing at all. But what do you think this Liv-Becky thing is going to be? Stupid. The whole Liv stuff is kind of stupid. Yeah, I haven't been a fan of it, really. Fans are just... I mean... I don't, I don't know. She's popular. She's got a good like, fan base, and they want to see her in big matches. But it's, it's like, a creepy fan base. Oh, trust me. I know. I got one guy that's... Oh, I'm not even going to mention it. I got one guy that messages me and goes, you see a good live look tonight? Like, every time she's on TV. Like, why are you messaging me this? I'll like, block him. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> People are just creepy down bad for live. Yep. So, they tell us that Jay Uso is going to be a special guest on Jackie Redman's hockey podcast this week. I think Pat goes, I don't know how much Jay knows about hockey, though. Then they send it to Jackie Redman and Jay Uso in the back. Redman asked how he would rebound after last week losing in the Intercontinental title match. Jay said that he would keep on being him. He's going to be him every day, every week. He said he was this close to becoming Intercontinental champion, and every time he came that close, he comes up short. Every time he was trying to win a title, do something positive and bring himself back up, came up short and do to a past enemy on Raw, or even his own family. I don't know. He said a lot of stuff here. I didn't write it down right because I didn't know what he was saying. He kind of just, like, rambled on for, like, a minute and a half. And then by the end of it, he was like, I got screwed by family. So, yeah. Jay just kind of rambled for a little while. You would have thought that he had some libations with Cody again, and he was going to be start yeeting all over. He kind of rambled like he rambled not quite when he was drunk after fast lane but it was more, i think they were he was really drunk i think they were just more high no i think no cody said that they had some some beers because he said cody said we had some libations in the motorhome which means alcohol some beers but yeah i don't know i didn't really get this basically he was just like i'm gonna keep on keeping on not even family can keep me down so, yeah. McIntyre then approached Jay and said, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you deserved that. And then they brawled. We learned the next week the two will have a match in San Antonio, Texas. Drew McIntyre and Jay Uso. Also, they then showed us uh, the family that got their seats upgraded to front row. And as they're showing this, I'm looking and I'm like, cool. Family got upgraded to Hold the phone. That's Baby Huey. Baby Huey is right behind this family. Baby Huey's going like this, and he's looking around kind of. He looks up at the screen and realizes, oh, the camera's on me. And he starts going like this. He's like, ah! So I, I uh, tweeted at him. I text him immediately, and I go, I just saw you on Raw. And he's like, yeah, I realized the camera was on me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw it. So I tweeted him a screenshot of himself. And I was like, I got the moment when you weren't paying attention. Then you realize the camera was on you, and then you were like, yeah, because I got the whole, where he's just like, huh? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. Freaking baby Huey. He's awesome. Like, they got a shot of him in the crowd. Not on purpose or anything, but I just thought it was cool. Then we go to our main event. Cody Rhodes, Grayson Waller. 
And this match started kind of early, and I'm like, okay, this isn't it. There's going to be more after this match. And then I look on Twitter, and I didn't notice this, but everyone's like, Paul Heyman was in the background during the Grayson Waller Austin Theory interview. And Paul Heyman had tweeted like an hour before that he was headed to do some business. So Michael Cole, during this match with Cody and Grayson Waller, tell us, the internet's a buzz right now, Pat. Apparently, Paul Heyman's here. So uh, they're like, we'll have more after the break. And so we come back from the break, and Michael Cole's like, I can't confirm. Paul Heyman is here in the building tonight in San Jose, Texas, but we don't know why. So not much happened before the break. Like, him and Cody were just going back and forth or whatever. But after the break, uh, they showed us how Waller took control during the break with a rolling flatliner. Rhodes then fought back with the power slam and a disaster kick for a two. Theory hit, an, um, Theory hit the apron and Rhodes turned his back to his opponent because he got distracted. Waller then tried to take advantage, but Rhodes wiped out Theory with a suicide dive, sending Theory over the announce desk. Waller then told Pat McAfee to watch this, and Pat's like, watch what? And he tried to go for the rolling flatliner again, but Cody uh, countered it. Cody turned it into... Basically, Cody took advantage, hit the Cody cutter, hit the crossroads, and picked up the victory. Cody beats Grayson Waller. Like, who did not expect that? Everybody expected that. It was honestly a e- quick, easy win for Cody, if you really think about it. Yeah, easy eight-minute match. Super simple. So Cody's music plays. He's celebrating, and then we hear... My name is Paul Heyman. Okay, Heyman. I mean, during the match, Michael Cole kept saying, we just got a report that Paul Heyman yeah. is here. Paul Heyman is here. Then, then, after, <coughs> then after the match was over, everyone was like, all right, Paul Heyman's going to come out. Oh, yeah, it, it, was, it was obvious. So Heyman comes out. I with, mean, it was a surprise for the live crowd, though, because they're not hearing commentary. True, very true. And how but many for are us at home? It, and how many are actually following social media during the show while they're there? Not a lot. Yeah. So I mean, I'll try to keep up with social media, but I'm at a show. Right. I know when I was at SummerSlam, I kept up with it. Nice. That I mean, it was your tweet that I figured out they changed Eo Shirai to Eo Sky. Oh yeah. I was at SummerSlam. So Paul Heyman comes out. He's got three men in suits. They're like his security. And one was former Tough Enough contestant, AJ Koresh. Even though he said, all these three men are NYPD. And I'm like, no, AJ's not. I've met AJ at an indie show. AJ was on Tough Enough in like 2018 or whenever that Stone Cold version of Tough Enough was. AJ. Yeah, that, was like, that was like 2011. Yeah, maybe. Was the, oh, yeah. I'm thinking, I, of the, I'm thinking of a different one. The, the Page one. Billy Gunn, Booker T., that was, anyway. 20, that was 2015. That's when, like, Chris Jericho was the host. Yeah. I got my dates all mixed Chris, up, but yeah, you're right. Chris Jericho was the host, and I think... I, I think that's when they had the stuff with, like, Hulk Hogan, and then they replaced him with The Miz. Yep. And exactly then they had that was. whole... And they had that whole skit with The Miz where he, like, screwed over one wrestler. Because, he like, he put a safety bet on, like, someone else. Right. So, yeah, AJ Crush was there. AJ Crush was also... The voice of the main character in the WWE 2K19 story mode. And then he's also a 
Bay Area indie wrestler. He hosts shows and stuff. And The Rock did a web series a few years back. I can't remember the exact year where it was all about like who can cut the best promos and do promo battles and stuff. AJ won that as well. So, yeah, AJ's known in these areas. I will say that for sure. Central California and Northern California, he's pretty well known in the wrestling communities. So, like, soon as 2011. Huh? Hey, go for it. I was going to say, as soon as AJ walked out there, I go, well, we know Heyman's lying. These guys ain't NYPD. AJ ain't no NYPD. That 2011, like, toughen up series, that was probably the most forgettable one. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't good. Because, like, that was not a good one. Because the only person that actually turned out good in that one was Cameron. Yeah. And that's when Bill DeMott was running the PC, and it was, yeah, no. They had, like, someone in Big Andy win. He didn't even, like, have a match in, on the main roster. Or Well, that's like when you look at the last tough enough. Sarah Lee girl won and she did nothing well yeah because the people who win they never do anything not necessarily Maven and Nydia won the first tough enough and they that's, were great that's it that's it John Morrison won tough enough three and look at him but like I'm talking but like I'm talking about the modern era though oh well yeah they've been so in 2004 they had the million dollar tough enough that Miz came in second and Daniel Pewter won and did nothing. Daniel well, Pewter. Didn't he have cancer? Daniel Pewter? Or someone had, one winner had cancer though. Yeah, that wasn't Daniel Pewter. Daniel Pewter was a former UFC fighter that ended up winning uh, tough enough because he was a former UFC fighter. So people knew who he was. And Miz was the big star from that. It was Miz and Ryback who became big stars off of that tough enough. Camera, if anybody I mean, knows, I mean, Miz was the biggest benefactor of all the Tough Enough. Well, yeah, Miz and Morrison were the two biggest to come out of Tough Enough. I, in my opinion, Miz and Morrison were the two biggest to come out of any season of Tough Enough. Maven did okay. Nydia did pretty well for herself. Sonia Deville, Mandy Rose, they did really well. I'm trying to think of the older days. I know the second Tough Enough was won by Jackie Gata and um. I always forget her real name, but she was Shaniqua with the Bashams. That's who won the second Tough Enough. Josh Matthews was in the first Tough Enough. He's done pretty well for himself in wrestling. But yeah, I would say Miz and Morrison probably were the biggest names to ever come out of Tough Enough. They should do another Tough Enough, if I'm going to be honest. I would watch it. There was um, Matt Capote. Telly, oh yeah, he was the one that had cancer. Yeah, he never made it out of developmental, and that's when they were still doing. I think OVW was still developmental. But yeah, he never made it out of developmental, and yeah, because he was diagnosed with cancer, I believe. Yep, yep. As soon as you said the name, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, because like he was someone that WWE thought that they were going to turn into a big star. Mm -hmm. And season five, that was Andy Levine. Yeah, that's the the Stone Cold one that AJ Crush was on. Andy Levine. Yeah, that was a big Andy. Most forgettable one. Yeah. There, then the last one, that was a Josh Bradley. Yeah, because. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot the male winner of that one. 
They had and him then, and like they had like that, Big Z. Yeah, ZZ that went nowhere because apparently I was told that they had him training at the PC and he just wasn't getting it. That's what I was told. They're like, he's charismatic, but he just ain't picking it up in the ring. That's what I was told. He's yeah, all throughout Tough Enough, which I know it's probably probably doesn't mean anything because I'm sure it's a lot scripted. But I know, like, throughout that series, I remember watching that, that people were saying how lazy he was. Yeah. And then, I mean, I know the last season had Velveteen Dream as well, but yeah, see where that went. Like, he would have, if he wouldn't have been a shitty person, he probably could have been big in WWE. Did you see his interview with Chris Van Vliet? Yep. And then he showed up on, a, on an indie show like two weeks Apparently ago. Apparently he wrestled. Yeah, on an indie show, but they didn't announce him ahead of time. Apparently on purpose. It, apparently he they he got to use like his old WWE theme. Yeah, because I don't think it's a trademark WWE song. It's like a real song. But in the intro, it said Velveteen Dream, unless they, they just added oh, it. Oh, that I didn't see. I don't know about that. Well, if you, if you, I mean, if you listen to the song, his theme song, there was a lot of parts that said Velveteen Dream. Well, so. yeah, yeah. The, I know the WWE one. I didn't listen to the one unless he used the, at the indie show. Unless that was like an instrumental version of it. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if it was interesting, if it was like instrumental and WWE didn't, then like have a right. trademark for it, then he probably used it. Right. Or they're a company that would use Velveteen Dream, so they don't even care about trademark or copyright. Like if you're a company that's willing to use Velveteen Dream, you don't care about any of that. Like who owns the WWE's gotta own the name, right? Like they called him Velveteen Dream. We go to the trademark website, type in Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream. Does WWE still have the trademark? The trademark is still live. Yep. Trademark is still live. WWE still owns the name Velveteen Dream. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's he's anyone WWE will want to bring back. No, nope, nope, nope. So Heyman comes apparently out. like a few months ago. Like there were rumors, there were even reports saying that WWE is trying to bring him back, and he denied it. Yeah, no, that wasn't true. None of that was true. Like even Fightful was even reporting that they were interested in bringing him back. Yeah, I never saw Fightful report it though. I'm pretty sure Fightful reported something about him, and then. And then Vel and like Patrick Carr came out and said, "I'm not going back to to WWE. I haven't contributed anything in wrestling in over like three years." Mm -hmm. So, as far as Heyman's promo does go, Cody grabbed a chair and said, "If this is a setup for the Bloodline to attack me, let's go." Heyman said that uh, Heyman spoke, but Rhodes cut him off. Heyman said that it was just him and his off-duty NYPD officers. He's like, well, technically they're on suspension. But that's besides the point. I'm like, okay, whatever. Heyman said, I came to San Jose to tell Rhodes that no one was asking for an apology. 
You know how insulting it was to get Will Smith across the face. But now, Rose needs to keep The Rock's name out of his friggin' mouth. Heyman could forgive Rhodes for taking away The Rock for his reigns, but The Rock could not. Roman Reigns authorized Heyman to tell Rhodes that he could withdraw his challenge against The Rock or else. Rhodes fired up and said that there was a reason that he hasn't trash-talked Dwayne on the mic yet. Like many of the fans here, he was at one point in time a fan of The Rock. Cody said, it came from a family that, well, I knew our next meal came from ticket sales. And if nobody sold tickets, we didn't eat. And The Rock, well, he sold more tickets than anybody. Rose says he's fed up, though, and he's not going to play nice anymore. He said, if the bloodline wants to set him up, well, come get me. Heyman then got up on the apron. His three off-duty cops got up on the apron. And Heyman said, if you would indulge me for a moment, let me get in the ring and speak with you. And Cody said, no. Heyman got the look on his face like, excuse me, you said no? The three officers then got in the ring, and Cody said, if they take one more step closer to me, I'm going to take them all out. Heyman said, well, obviously that doesn't count for me if I try to take one step closer to you. And he puts his leg up to get in the ring, and Cody says, yeah, it does. And so Cody attacks. Cody beats them all down with a steel chair. And there's one guy. Cody takes the chair and throws it at the guy's face, and I don't think the guy got his arms up in time to block it. Cody then grabs him for a crossroads, takes him down, beats the other guys a little bit more. Paul Heyman then says, call Roman Reigns. Pulls out another phone with The Rock's logo on it and says, call The Rock. And that's how the show that goes That was actually kind of funny. I liked it. Cody's all firing up and the show goes off the air. Can you imagine, well, they have like Cody's like theme song playing in the arena, like like Paul Heyman's trying to call both of them. Right. On, on speaker. I don't know. Oh, what was what he going to do to call both at the same time? That I didn't get. I didn't get that one either. Uh, and the Twitch poll is now live. If you guys want to go vote in that. But yeah, overall, it was a good episode of Raw. A little confusing in some parts. Like, what's this building to? What's this building to? I guess they got a lot of time to fill. So maybe there's just... Maybe there is stuff that we think is going to be Mania, and it's not Mania because they have so many weeks. So we'll see where it all does go. But, yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. As far as what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw, let's pull up the polls really fast. As far as the threads pulled... Threads pulled in go. I've been having issues with threads not wanting to post stuff all day. I've been trying to post on threads... And like half the time it like logs me out or doesn't want to post what I tried to post. So no threads pull. Didn't go through. Um, as far as the which poll does no Twitter poll. 61% liked the show. 13% didn't like the show. And 25% thought it was just alright. As far as the YouTube community poll, 73% liked the show. 20% thought it was just alright. And a 6% didn't like it. Says glad man was able to crawl out of that room he was stuck in. Versus said Raw's been cooking lately. And that was the only comments. As far as the live poll does go, 71% liked it. 23% thought it was just alright, and 6% didn't like it. Pretty similar. Pretty similar number. Actually, it's all the same. 
almost. And finally, the Twitch poll, 80% liked the show, 20% thought it was just all right. But that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. But Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter X at Petkey underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at Young Grasshopper Luke. With that, guys, have a great rest of your night. Have a great week. We got AEW Dynamite, the final Dynamite before Revolution coming up this Wednesday. So we've got Dynamite on Wednesday, SmackDown on Friday, AEW Pay-Per-View on Sunday, I want to say. March 3rd is Sunday, 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 Sunday. So we've got a weekend live stream coming to you as well. So we got a busy week coming up with all of that. Have a great night. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.